Black Virginia News is sponsored by Virginia Nation Tees. Visit Virginia Nation Tees at Etsy.com. This is Lauren Burke. This is episode 13 of the Black Virginia News podcast. Maurice Hawkins and I are going to talk about a scenario that we think is unlikely, but that we should, should still discuss, and that is uh, the possibility of Winsome Sears being the governor of Virginia. Why? Because Glenn Youngkin seems a little bored. He seems like he could actually announce for president of the United States. And we have another pending prosecution of Donald Trump. You are listening to the podcast for Black Virginia News, the first and only platform that covers all of Black Virginia. to Trump as people thought he would. Do you think you would be able to be a challenge to Trump? Well, as I've uh, said to folks, because I've been asked this question uh, frequently. CNN's Caitlin Collins had Governor Yunkin on her show about two weeks ago. And of course she asked him, are you running for president? And she could not get a straight answer. Uh, one, I'm humbled by it. You know, I'm, I've been at this for 18 months. Um, and Gosh, 40 years ago, I was washing dishes and taking out trash in Virginia Beach because I needed a job. Um, but I think what has And of been course, done. what this probably is, is he probably just hasn't decided. And of course, you can't say yes because the news will explode. And you can't say no because you might want to do it later. We don't really know because, of course, Donald Trump is in legal trouble. And I've heard you say that you're humbled by this when people ask you about this. But you also, you've never ruled it out. Well, I, I think what is most encouraging is the is the frequency that people are asking because of what's going on in Virginia. So and obviously he's thinking about it. He's not giving a hard no yet. He hasn't given a hard no at any point when he's been asked this question. So with that, there's the possibility, you know, if Glenn Youngkin were to run for president for 2024, and if he were to win, or if he were to be on the ticket that wins, then the governorship of Virginia is vacated in 2025, which would make Winsome Sears the governor of Virginia. Subscribe to Black Virginia News at blackvirginianews.substack.com. Of course, this is all predicated on Biden losing, which I don't think would happen. But, you know, obviously in politics, you never know. And Youngkin's looking a little bit like, I don't know, like he's not completely dialed into this job. But Stuff is happening, but he just doesn't seem particularly overly engaged. Now we're watching Ron DeSantis fail, and we're watching Donald Trump get indicted again. That sets the table for someone else to get into this thing on the Republican side in 2024 for president. Maurice Hawkins is a Democratic political strategist and a veteran of numerous campaigns. So I think in regards to Governor Youngkin, uh, he clearly wants to do something else. He does not like his day job. You know, Don Scott and Senator Louise Lucas and Senator Mamie Locke and a, and a host of rather savvy Democratic uh, politicians just make his life difficult. I mean, they are unwavering. They are unyielding to him. And, you know, this is a guy who, you know, who was in the uh, hedge fund 
you know, venture capitalist, you know, realm where he was a titan of industry. And now he has to deal with these little people who are blocking everything that he's trying to do. So he doesn't like his day job. And I think the prospects of potentially being, you know, the president of the United States or the vice president or, or just doing something else other than being governor of Virginia, I think is very appealing to him. And I think that in the hopefully the unlikely scenario that if Donald Trump were to be eliminated from running for office because he's been found guilty of several crimes across different states, both federal and state and local. Um, Jesus Christ, this guy's got problems. And uh, Glenn Youngkin was able to run for president, become the front runner, uh, win the nomination, beat Joe Biden. You know, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a gambit within himself. You know, and creates the opportunity, the specter of a winsome Sears as governor. You know, I think that Sears would be such a such a vilified figure amongst Democratic Party circles. You know, I, I could see, especially with the base of the party, you know, having a black woman parroting right wing extreme. That is, this is not about law abiding gun owners. This is about gangs. This is about even if you took all the guns off the street from the law-abiding citizens, the others who mean harm, who mean to kill and mayhem, they're going to have the guns. So we have to figure out what's going on in our communities. We have to find the right problem so that we can come to the right solution. There are gang activities, there are criminal activities that are happening. And when are we gonna weed them out? When are we gonna start putting the people who commit these crimes in jail? If we don't lock them up, then we release them back into the community so that they can just, what, keep killing? You'd have a Democratic Party so fired up to take her down in 2025 that it, it could be it could be a full-fledged catastrophe for, uh, um, for the Republican Party in Virginia. And then also it would kind of to- uh, make uh, Jason Meares' prospects of being governor toast because there's no way that a sitting governor with the ability to run for re-election, uh, which was almost like a similar, similar, a similar situation that uh, Justin Fairfax would have had, uh, had Ralph uh, Northam had resigned and he would have ascended to the governorship. Uh, another story for another day. That's the kind of prospect you'd have with a governor uh, Sears that she would just be the de facto leader of the party, and and just and and I think also she would be problematic for the republican party because this is a party that is hitched his wagon to maga politics you know dog whistle politics you know racial you know racial animus to outright racism depending upon the day gotta own it now donald trump has played footsie with these people from the beginning remember in the 2016 campaign it took donald trump two and a half weeks to denounce david duke how do you denounce David Duke? You denounce David Duke instantaneously. You don't wait two weeks. Well, do you believe they should allow white nationalists in the military? Well, they call them that. I call them Americans. 
My amendment has nothing to do with whether or not colored people or black people or anybody can serve, okay? It has nothing to do well, with... Athletes, we used to be proud. Many of us love watching amateur athletes that weren't paid. Now everybody that plays basketball in, in college is going to be driving a Bentley or a Rolls. I mean, we're going to be seeing rap stars instead of basketball stars. And to have a I mean, black woman champion in that, that would just create so much discord and chaos. So um, I don't think that's a scenario that's going to happen. I, I, you know, I feel fairly confident that Joe Biden is going to win um, re-election and we won't go down that rabbit hole, that Twilight Zone situation, but it is something to ponder. Five reasons why I'm asking you to donate five dollars to my campaign for some help from a friend. Hey, Barack. Hey, Joe. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Number one, our last campaign was powered by donations from grassroots supporters like you. A few things. One is, I do think it's an unlikely scenario. Yeah. I, Biden just reported a really. A massive uh, financial haul, which mm -hmm. could do nothing but say something about his strength. Right. Uh, two, he beat Donald Trump, Trump by eight million votes. <laughs> you right. know, this idea that you know they he he eked by, he didn't eke by, he beat him by eight million votes. Right. Trump didn't even beat Clinton. You know, he he. I mean, yes, she did. He did beat Clinton, but in terms of the number of votes, she got three million uh, more. more than he did. Yeah. And of course, he won on the electoral college map. Right. Uh, the other thing is, I actually think it could strengthen Miara's because Jason Miara's would then be sitting there as the attorney general, Winsome Sears would be the governor, and then people would get a very close look at Winsome Sears, which I'm mm -hmm. not sure is a particularly good thing. Right. Uh, for her. I mean, it, we would have to see that. I will say she's been a relatively effective lieutenant governor. There hasn't mm -hmm. been a whole lot of distractions and the things that we sort of saw during the campaign, her holding big guns and, you know, automatic mm -hmm. rifles. and all, She's not really doing that sort of Amanda Chase routine as a mm -hmm. lieutenant governor. So, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. The other thing that you'd mentioned about, you know, Glenn Youngkin being a little bit distracted by the little people, one of the, one of the things that I do think has happened here is the the little people are becoming bigger and bigger people so yes. you've got don scott looking into the face of a historic moment where he could be the first black speaker of the virginia house you've got mamie Locke looking into the history of being you know the first black majority leader of the virginia senate you've got louise lucas looking into the history of being the first black finance chair uh already a historic figure with the present pro tem of the senate and that, I do think, to your point, is a distraction just generally with Glenn Youngkin. I also get this nagging feeling that I cannot shake with him. And, you know, I've met him a few times. I've actually talked to him a few times. Uh, and he's not, you know, he's an affable guy, all that. But I get this sort of sense, based on nothing other than just, you know, watching somebody, uh, that it feels like he's distracted, like he's sort of a caretaker governor, is like a caretaker governorship that's sort of dialing in and maybe just handing it to the staff. And then the staff is doing things like what we just saw this week, right? The DEI thing, the pulling the, uh, the assistance for suicide for LGBT community. Part of making uh, sure the... parents have a say in difficult circumstances. Let's go to families first. The, the children belong to parents, not, not to politicians and bureaucrats and administrators and and not even the teachers who are doing their best here the new guy not sure that if somebody you know sat glenn youngkin down for 20 minutes and had a very specific discussion with him about policy 
around, say, affordable housing or Chesapeake Bay or anything, the car tax, I'm not sure he would come up with anything detailed. I just get the sense that this thing has been handed off. But I have no proof of what I'm saying, but <laughs> I just don't see an engaged governor. You know, I see somebody who is still sort of in campaign mode, which is, you know, a mistake that I think a lot of politicians make, Democratic Democrat and Republican. Uh, what he did last week with regard to suddenly announcing that, okay, I'm into early voting, that felt like a campaign moment. Right. It was not a deep, none of these moments feel like deep analytical policy moments. And for that reason, I just would not surprise me that after November in 110 days, we see an announcement by Glenn Youngkin talking about I'm running for president. This is the podcast for Black Virginia News. The first and only platform that covers all of Black Virginia. I think in some ways, uh, Glenn Youngkin is a very savvy politician, right? I think he knows how to read the room. But I think in other ways, when it comes to the day-to-day mundane aspects of being, you know, you know, the exe- the chief executive of the Commonwealth of Virginia, it's just not his bag. You know, I don't think he wants to do the heavy lifting of public policy. I don't think he wants to find uh, what I would consider reach across the aisle moments where he has political wins. You know, like he he hasn't done anything in my estimation that kind of reeks of that. Like I I could see someone like a Bob McDonald if he was governor in this situation doing some reach across the aisle type of things um, to you know build up his. Um, his credentials, you know, to say that he has some policy wins. I think that Glenn Youngkin has doubled down and tripled down on appealing to the right wing because he does have, you know, higher aspirations within, you know, um, our political space, whether that's president, whether that's vice president, whether that's um, trying to run for Senate, whether that's against, uh, uh, I don't think him, I don't see him running against um, Tim Kaine. Um, because I think he's so focused on trying to get into 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, either as president or vice president. You know, he's catering to base voters in the Republican Party. He's made no inroads to being seen as a moderate, which and ironically, when he ran for governor, he really fashioned himself as, as a moderate. So this man is definitely what a charlatan when it comes to politics you know i find him to be a conflicted individual because he you know he tries to conduct himself as this you know reasonable affable personality as you described him but he's all he has done is cater to the right wing you know i think like the fact that he suspended the grant to provide assistance to minorities seeking to get their teaching licenses I mean, opposed to having provisional licenses. I mean, I think it's a two, it's a twofer for him because one, he is actively, you know, preventing diverse communities from ascending to being professional teachers, which exacerbates the teacher crisis, and it's another way of, of attacking public education, uh, which has been his bread and butter uh, uh, um, entity that he's attacked, you know, relentlessly, you know, without, you know, without fail. So, I mean. I think there's a lot of things about Yunkin that are not desirable. Uh, he's not a moderate. He's definitely a hard right personality, but he's conflicted because he wants to be liked by everyone. And it's kind of hard to do that <laughs> when, when you um, are opposing so many different communities in Virginia. I think, you know, it's all relative, of course, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know that the the standard, the bar has lowered because of Donald Trump. Okay. When right. you got a guy on his first day of announcing that he's going to be president, coming down the escalator, talking about Mexicans or rapists, literally saying that, 
that have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. And having absolutely no problem with it. And that becomes the standard. The same person who, after the, uh, effectively, a, a uh, white supremacist uh, jamboree in Charlottesville, mm -hmm. had some conflict about whether or not there were good people on both sides. Are you putting what you're calling the alt-left and white supremacists on the same moral plane? I'm not putting anybody on a moral plane. What I'm saying is this. You had a group on one side and you had a group on the other and they came at each other Fain with that he didn't know who fishing. David Duke was on mm -hmm. CNN years before. And then we right. had the birther thing even before that against President Obama. He always got, you know, Donald Trump, of course, has a unbelievable fixation on President Obama because he's jealous of him because he's right. never out cool or outsmart right. Barack Obama and he knows it. So there's a lot of insecurity happening there. but. I understand that the bar is lower, as I say what I'm about to say, but when you look at Donald Trump, when you look at Ron DeSantis, when you look at Greg Abbott, who is now getting into the realm of threatening the lives of people coming across the Mexican border and talking about that out loud, like it's just sort of normal and everyday you know, policy. We just saw Rachel Maddow report the other night that a series of attorney generals, attorney generals in Arkansas, Mississippi, Georgia, uh, the guy, Daniel Cameron, who's in Kentucky, uh, announcing casually that, oh, we're going to get into the business of looking into whether or not you had an abortion, your, you know, your personal medical records. We're going to see if you had an abortion in another state. And we want to see those records. I mean, this is the type of extremism that I do think that Glenn Youngkin generally stays away from. At least, at the very least, he doesn't he doesn't comment on it. I'm not to, mm -hmm. not to say he doesn't agree with it. Maybe he does agree with it. But we mm -hmm. don't hear him banging the drum every day Ron DeSantis style, talking about how we want to pull books off the shelves and we want to, in fact, actually, the CRT stuff that he talked about during the campaign that I heard at every Yunkin campaign event that I went to, which was about six or seven, he's not even really talking about that anymore. Now, that's not to say he doesn't agree with it. His disciples in his on his staff are, are carrying out those policies. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, he's not, you know, he's distanced himself. But I'm just saying, He's not that type of politician where every single day, you know, Ron DeSantis is saying something else that is some sort of racial dog whistle, you know? And I do think that that matters in a realm where a lot of these things, when you push that sort of attitude is of course echoed throughout the Republican party. And now you see that the Republican party has broken effectively, I wouldn't say halves, but part of them has become never Trump. And of course, the other part, I would say almost, the you can almost argue it's the majority, is the MAGA wing. Right. It's hard to figure out which which side Glenn Youngkin is on because he tried to keep uh, Donald Trump out of Virginia when he was running in 2021. Now, was it stylistic? Was it policy? I mean, again, don't get me wrong. He is in charge of his administration. He is mm -hmm. responsible for what happens in his administration, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But it's just interesting that that stylistic difference keeps coming up. You know, why isn't he more like DeSantis? Why isn't he talking more like a, like a, like a Greg Abbott? And I just, I, I have a feeling like you, what you touched on there, he is conflicted. Well, I think one, he's conflicted. And number two, I don't, I don't think Glenn Youngkin is a true believer of the, the culture wars. I think he leverages culture war issues 
to advance his political career. But I think like when, you know, Glenn Youngkin is alone at night, you know, drinking his uh, warm glass of milk and his red sweater vest in the governor's mansion, I don't think he personally is a culture warrior, but I don't think that he's uncomfortable being what I would say rhetorically creative to push culture war issues. Uh, I think the parents' rights rhetoric that he utilized very effectively against Terry McAuliffe in 2021 is the space that he wants to operate in because you know, he wants program to program that he specifically acknowledged. He believes that parents do not have a right to be engaged in their kids' education. In fact, he wants mm -hmm. government to stand between parents and their children. So tomorrow night, we are going to lay out our steps That's forward. That's where his comfort zone is. But I, think, I don't think he likes to personally manifest those type of words. I don't think he likes to talk about those words. And I also think it's understanding the area of operations that Virginia is not Florida. Virginia is not Texas. Virginia is not Alabama, that there is a sizable population of Democratic voters. Uh, if anything, Virginia is a purple to light blue state. Uh, and depending upon who's at the top of the ticket and the issues that are resonating with the voters, you know, it can go either way. Like, Youngkin pulled the inside straight in 21 because it was a perfect storm of Trump losing, COVID fatigue, uh, people being tired, taking care of the children at home, folks who were business owners whose businesses were affected by all of the uh, lockdown procedures that were necessary to save lives. But if you have people that didn't believe in COVID from the start, they just see those type of measures as an impediment to their ability to, to make money and take care of their families. So Yunkin tapped into all of that anger and all that frustration, plus, you know, some missteps by the McAuliffe team, you know, and how they managed the race. And he was able to get through, I mean, like you take one of those things off the chessboard, we're talking about Governor McAuliffe, not Governor Youngkin. But I think all those things have to come together at the right place at the right time, you know, for him to win. And I think now that he sees, you know, how the how the resistance to his governorship is so robust, you know, being led by Louise Lucas, Mamie Locke, and Don Scott, you know, I think now he's like, do I really want to continue with this fight? Um, and, and realizing they're on defense, both in the Senate and in the House, like the Democrats really only need to pick up three seats. I mean, they've, there's four, 46 to 48 seats that are locks to win, um, to, you know, to win the House. If they pick up three seats, they have the majority, you know, whereas they have to do more heavy lifting. And that's why the House did that barrage of ads against 12 candidates last week because they're trying to get ahead of you know, the, the strategic advantage the Democrats have both in the House and Senate to protect the majority of the Senate in the House. So it's a lot of work that he has to do. And I think it's kind of hard to try to flip the Senate and protect the majority in the House and try to run for president of the United States as the governor. Follow Black Virginia News on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Black Virginia News and on TikTok and Twitter at Black Virginia News. Send comments and tips to blackvirginianews at gmail.com. Lauren Victoria Burke has worked in politics in New York and Virginia and for four members of the U.S. Congress. She has worked at the USA Today ABC News, The Guardian, Associated Press, and Black Press USA. Story. 
Miss Burke has appeared on CNN and MSNBC and appears regularly on Roland Martin Unfiltered. I think he's going to, of course, wait until after 110 days from now, which is election day, 110 days from now, right. he's going to wait and, and do it after that, right? right. So I, I actually think he's smart enough to know that the way he won in 2021 was to, of course, appear as a moderate. It was a Bob McDonald-style right. performance, right? right? So yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of talking about uh, Joe Biden is not the legitimate, you know, president of the United. I mean, remember, we couldn't mm. get Jen Kiggins to say on the record that Joe yeah. Biden was legitimately elected. So I, I right. don't know that. I, I think he's being very deliberate about not being caught on audio saying yeah. something that Amanda Chase would say. Yeah. And it's ironic because, of course, the National Republican Party, which I think is more MAGA, I think there was a stat that came out the other day talking about how it's basically 30, you know, 20 billionaires and millionaires who are funding the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. uh, when they looked at the campaign numbers that came out, and, and they're wanting a more extreme version of events and a more right. extreme vision for the country than I think Glenn Youngkin does. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's either pulling some sort of Oscar award winning performance or he's the real, you know, a quote, in fact, quotes, of course, moderate as compared to Greg Abbott, DeSantis, Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump is telling us to our face, as is Steve Bannon, mm -hmm. this is what we're going to do when we show up and they are a direct threat to our democracy. Right. I've not heard Glenn Youngkin say anything yet that would make me think that that's what his vision for the country is, which is actually why this sort of rumor that we heard this morning about the plan for him to be, you know, uh, the vice president of Donald Trump is a little bit surprising mm -hmm. <laughs> because I don't see a guy like him as, oh, I'm going to play second fiddle to this crazy person. Like, well, I just don't see it. I, and I also don't see someone like Donald Trump wanting someone like Glenn Youngkin as his vice president. Right. I mean, Glenn Youngkin is tall. Glenn Youngkin has a really, has a really good, good veneer about him. You know, he's, he's polished, he's successful. You know, he does, I mean, Glenn Youngkin, he has, he has that affable vibe about him, but he's definitely not the type of man that's going to be deferential to people, right? Like when he's in the room, he wants to be the man, period, point blank in the story. So I don't see Trump wanting someone like that, you know, as his, his, his vice president. When I think of a vice president type for Trump, I'm thinking someone either like Carrie Lake or Marjorie Taylor Greene or even Lauren Boebert. I think some someone of that uh, of that aptitude, someone that's going to be a, a full companion to the MAGA movement, you know, and I think that he's going to want somebody as his vice president that's going to assist him in his criminal machinations if he was to get back in power in Washington, D.C., you know, and I also think Trump is smart enough not to put a white guy as the vice president when he's got to go up against Kamala Harris in a debate and Kamala Harris is, is you know, is, you know, contrary to uh, popular to be a quite formidable debater and a quite formidable asset for the, um, the Biden Harris ticket. So you need somebody that has some charisma because I think young, I think Trump Youngkin is not an appealing ticket. I think that goes down in flames, but I think if you have someone <laughs> like a, a, a Carrie Lake, a Marjorie Taylor Greene, or a Lauren Boba that's going to get almost similar to the Sarah Palin effect, right? And how she, cause who was really following this purpose? Sarah Palin was the, you know, the um, 
the prologue to what the MAGA movement. Like she kind of like really was doing like the beta testing of all these MAGA tropes on the campaign trail that Trump was able to leverage quite effectively uh, in uh, 2016 against Hillary Clinton. So, you know, you know, if you want to give um, Palin credit for that, do that. But I think that's the type of person that Trump would select as his vice president, not Glenn Youngkin. I agree with that. There's no way, and particularly since Glenn Youngkin is, is probably far wealthier than Donald Trump, his wealth yeah. seems to be a, a, a fiction in his head. You know, it's a, it's not, again, it's not a scenario that is likely. It requires Biden to lose. It requires Youngkin to win. It requires Trump to get indicted to or get into some sort of a legal position where he couldn't run, which is, that's a long shot in itself. I think he's going to try to mm -hmm. run no matter what. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, all, uh, other than being in jail, <laughs> like I don't know what would yeah. stop him, you know. Uh, right. So, but that's that's a it's just something I was thinking about with regard to Winston Sears, who of course would be the first black female governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia and in the country if that were to happen. Good young can have to step away. So, everyone, that's it. That's episode thirteen of the Black Virginia News podcast. Uh, an unlikely scenario, Governor Winston Sears, but you know. <laughs> There's one thing that politics has taught me is uh, always expect the unexpected. This is Lauren Burke. Uh, the next podcast will be on Don Scott, leader Don Scott of Portsmouth. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Black Virginia News. Support for Black Virginia News comes from our subscribers, and we really appreciate your support. Subscribe to Black Virginia News at blackvirginianews.substack.com. The podcast for Black Virginia News is a product of Wynn Digital Media and is produced by the team at WDM LLC.